All right, all right, all right. Welcome to We Are Something Else, episode 67, Paid in Full. And we're going to continue our bike business series this this week. Uh, and we got Darren Chef Sheffield from, how you say it? Midar International? Midar? That's right. Midar International. Midar, okay. So, Chef is going to be sitting in with us yeah. tonight. Uh, for episode 67, um, he came prepared, and I got a sneak peek of what's, what's to come later on. So, uh, fellas, we got a, you know, we got some competition on our hands. Uh, so let's let's start it off like we always do. Uh, he was good, brother. Man, it's uh, another week. You did. You back at it. Um, you know, workouts are still doing what they do. You know, I'm out there struggling. <laughs> <laughs> trying to keep it just to be ready so I have to get ready today. But uh, you know, um other than that, man, you know, as Mexico said, you know, to break it up his back. So, you know, we get it. I see you. Okay. Super fly. Peace, peace. What's good, everybody? Um, feeling good, man. Just uh trying to, you know, keep my keep my head together and, you know, keep the faith up. But but all is good and blessed right now. CB, I'm good, man. Um, trying to keep up with E, getting my workouts in every day. Um, you know, it's uh, I can't get left behind. So it's another week, more L's on the sneakers app. Nothing's new. It, you know, same old thing. Here we go already. <laughs> <laughs> right. All right. So. Um, let's, let's get down to business. Where are we at? Let's do, let's wrap. So uh, I've been testing out some things, kick everybody to the side. There we go. So everybody, nobody's blocked. Hold on. Chef, you blocked. Let's, let's get you out there. Where you at? Hey, anyway, okay. Uh, where's the logo? There we go. All right, so. Uh, let's wrap, fellas. So, Dak Prescott, let's start with Dak. Uh, as if my boys weren't in trouble before. I mean, Dak was playing lights out football. I think he was definitely fighting for that that contract that he should have got maybe a year or so ago. Uh, I mean, Jerry had this guy there playing for his life to, to get some big money put in front of him when he probably shouldn't have had to. Uh, but Dak went down this week off a of, Freak tackle, uh, and just just landed wrong. Just the, the weight, the weight of uh, what was it a DB that hit him? It just oh, just landed on his ankle, and he he initially landed. He reached for the calf, and I when when I did that, I thought first I thought it was the Achilles. When he was reaching for the calf, then we got that good juicy camera angle of uh, his ankle just kind of dangling. Um, so my question like is not definitely not. Uh, so my question is, what, what's next for Dak? Is he is he going to get paid? Is he going to let's start with that? Is he going to get paid, and will he be a Cowboy next year? I think he. There's the chance. It kind of depends on how well the team plays with Dalton back there, because this is the out I think that Jerry and management were looking for as far as not having to actually shell out the money, but. It's one of those things where I think that if Dak can come back 
like he can actually play and everything. Like we see what Alex Smith is doing. Dak's farther along as a as a quarterback right now <clears throat> compared to like what Alec, where Alex Smith is in his career, right? So if Dak's still young can come back, like I think that he he probably will get some money. Um it might not be what it would have been, but I think that if he does get paid, it's not gonna be by the Cowboys. Okay. E. Uh, this one is tough. Um, I agree that it's the out that the Cowboys can use to not pay him, but I also believe that you know ultimately, if you look at it, I mean he's still getting his thirty-one million franchise tag. Let's just let's just go ahead and throw that out there, right? That probably wasn't going to re-sign with Dallas himself anyway. Let's just, let's just get that out there as well. You got a suspect secondary defense. You put all your money on the line as well as some of your, uh, your, your starting rushes, um, and you still weren't getting the job done on the defensive side. Your offense can't carry you. Uh, you got to get paid. So, you know, I think ultimately when you look at it, it really – it wasn't going to stack up to where Dak would have stay there. I think there's potential moves that um that open up for him that make better sense. And um, I think Dak is a good quarterback in a better in a better uh situation. Good. Superfly, you wanna weigh in? As uh as the former, you know, super uh super home team skins fan. <laughs> Uh, I don't think he's. I mean, I don't. When's the last time you seen anybody coming off an injury like that go get paid? Like, it's a wrap, man. They didn't. Cam Newton is a one year contract right now, right? <laughs> so, uh, and he's and he's more accomplished than than that than Dak is, arguably. So, yeah, I don't think it's gonna happen. Okay, Chef, you want to weigh in on this? Yeah, what's going to happen is he's not going to get paid in Dallas, and he's going to come to Washington because we like playing. We like paying people that's coming off injuries. Straight <laughs> mediocrity since '91. We're going to pay him a whole lot of money, you know, and he's going to come and start for about three weeks and get hurt. That's my prediction. Looks like I got some con- comments here. No, Chef. Actually, that was that was uh, that was built off of something that I that I told him last week. That Washington uh, uh, seems to, to uh, get the good talent or have it for a second, and then they they, they shuffle them out somewhere else. You know what I mean? And they become superstars. This would be the verse if they actually get Dak again. Is it, is it a good thing? You know, if if he gets there, you know, at the end of the day, they got to surround the pieces with with Dak. You know what I mean? Um, I, I think he also needs a different playbook. To be honest with you, I think he really needs. Don't be surprised if he ends up in New England. Well, I thought about that too. I'm I'm gonna go with, and that's because I'm a fan. I think he's staying in Dallas. I think that he'll get franchise. He'll get tagged again. It'll be the same situation as Kirk Cousins. He won't get a contract, a big deal put in front of him. He's gonna get tagged again to see how he does. Off of one year with that ankle, and then from there, maybe mid-season or maybe out, he will 
Jerry's gonna make the decision if he's if he's keeping Steven. The son already came out and said that he's our quarterback. I mean, it's good. To, I mean, it sounds good when you guys laying up on the table getting his ankle put back in place. But <laughs> I think that the offense is built for him because that's why they kept um, the off the guy they have now that was the third string guy. Um, I think he he calls the right plays for Dak. Now I, the issue would be. How does he have a playbook designed for Andy Dalton? And I don't think Andy Dalton, you have to keep that because Andy Dalton is not necessarily your out. This guy's got a horrible record. He's an average six and seven quarterback with two playoff losses. So, yeah, but look at look, look at look at the division he was in with no, no running back ever, right? AJ Green was his best, was his best offensive weapon. Um, only offensive weapon. That that part. Um, and you you also got to remember the head coach, not saying that he's a bad coach, but he was always hanging from the string, you know, Marvin Lewis and himself, you know what I mean, who was not an offensive-minded coach. So uh, put it like this, if Andy Dalton shines, he's getting a contract somewhere else. Though. That's the, it's the Nick Foles effect is what I call it, right? They, they come in, they get, they get a, a good enough, you know, showing, so then they go somewhere else. Well, he's definitely going to get a, a showing because all the defenses are going to do is take away his run and make him throw. And you'll get to see what kind of quarterback Andy Dalton still is. I mean, he was able to pull the game out. I think everybody's playing high for Dak. But we'll see. They got Arizona this week. But uh, let's go to my the second one. The second thing I want to talk about. Uh, did you guys hear the, uh, the news about Coming to America, the sequel? Yes. If you haven't heard, for those who are watching, so the movie is done. It was uh, with Paramount Studios, and Paramount Studios over the week sold the movie to Amazon for $125 million. Now, there's a lot of questions in the air. Was one was the movie going to make $125 million regardless, outside of a pandemic, or inside of a pandemic would have made it's the same same question. And then now is it, – it'll definitely get the strings. Well, the thing is, is the movie good enough for $125 million? A lot of people are skeptical saying that, you know, it's been a long time. We haven't seen Eddie in this kind of role in a while. And you really can't mess with a classic like that by throwing a sequel in because you want to do it again. And so my question is, is the movie – are the movie theaters dead? Are we? Are, is this the end of the movie theaters when you see – these these companies selling the movies to to streaming um, ventures and, and, and movie theaters renting out their theaters for ninety nine dollars. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's the end of movie theaters, man. Like I, that's I, I think it's done. The industry uh, and with that that industry is done, but streaming it's gonna it's gonna come back in some other format, but. Uh, I mean, as far as it being worth the 125 million, man, I thought Dolomite. I enjoyed that movie thoroughly, so that only like kind of wet my appetite for what what was going to happen with uh, coming to America. Honestly, Dolomite was amazing. I I, I love that. Um, I think that COVID has definitely had an effect on a lot of businesses, and with the movie industry, a lot of movies either delayed their movie till next year to see what the pandemic is going to do. And so when you got big titles like James Bond was supposed to come out this year, I think they pushed that all the way to 2021 now. 
that was gonna that was a Christmas money maker for everybody. Then there was a few um, the Marvel movies got pushed back from this year to next year, and the only movie I think that made it to date was Tenet, and it was five. It was number one five weeks in a row. It was the only movie out. Man, Man my barber told me that she got a, a seventy-five inch television for like three hundred dollars. You know what I'm saying? No movie theater is surviving what's about to happen, dude. Like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like the move, like you can, you can, you can buy the 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 setup in the backyard now. Everybody's getting the projectors and having their own movie theaters at home. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, I I think it's a wrap. Man. But there was there was nothing like the movie theater though. That that was that's date night. That's if you had no money, that's the original date night. And then how can you how can you recap movie theater popcorn, right? Oh, I got I got the rest. No, I'm, I, I, I I school y'all. Yeah, I know what's gonna happen. Go ahead, chef. No, I, I, I'm definitely not going back to the movies. But what 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 I think is gonna happen. Is the y'all might y'all too young to remember this, but the drive-in movie theater is probably yeah. gonna come back. They'd have it a resurgence. Y'all, I mean, y'all yeah, that's uh-huh. what I'm telling you. They're gonna still be able to sell the popcorn, you're gonna be able to drive in on your car, and you know, in your car, then in the car and uh, watch a movie. <laughs> if you want to go out. Well that and and there you go. A good one because, like, like CB said, some of them have opened up the, the driving. Uh, I think it'll be, I think mm-hmm. that'll be the thing to be honest with you. But, uh, I think in certain areas that, that's only gonna last, but that hot second that it sounds off, and then you already know some, some fools is gonna mess it up and they ain't gonna be no more right. you know, driving. Movies. And that's that's the unfortunate part. Yeah. The, the thing about it, the streaming side of it, really, if you think about it, has. For the for the movie or for the for the, the lot to to sell the movie to a streaming service, it's still the way to get the money done faster than it was before, right? Box office was always how many weeks, how many you know how many locations it was actually put in. This point, every all those numbers are getting to them even faster because it's automatically who already streamed, you know, who already owns the service or who's paying for a service. Who might get new off of you know that their first streaming that that they're gonna do is coming to America too. So you know it's gonna build off of what exactly their algorithm is what they're trying to show. More new movies that are gonna come directly to the streaming services. It'll garner more people to go and and buy the service, which is gonna do what? Very first thing it's gonna do like it did in the movie theater. It's going to raise the price of the streaming services, right? Only if it makes sense. If you drop out coming to America too on Amazon Prime, depending on what your how much your monthly bill is, your ticket at the movie was gonna cost you at least twenty dollars easy for that for that <laughs> hour and a half, two hours. Yeah. I'm gonna yeah. kick this streaming service up a little bit more if I'm a, if, if I'm gonna continue to buy movies that I know I can stream directly on a certain day that people are just going to sit there and watch. They already said it. I think it was December 18th is when the, or the 20th is the drop date. 18th, yeah. So, so think about that. Then with the, everybody on Amazon Prime, 125 million people, you know, if you count, and they counted by one person per stream, not so much that dollar, then you look at how much that they're going to get back anyway. Yeah. Good point. I, I can't wait to see it. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I can't wait. Dropping right at the right time. Uh, 
I can't wait. Remember that movie just came out? Uh, Ante, what is it? Antebellum? Yeah. yeah. I couldn't watch that, John, off the title, though. I, yeah. can't, I, I can't do no slavery. <laughs> I watched no that right look. now. It's on, it's on my list. And I had to watch it twice. It's good. What it's happened? Good. Is, it, is it good? He said, yeah. I had to watch it twice. You missed it the first time. You missed what happened the first time. Okay. Yeah, I'm a, it's on my list to watch. I got a lot of things yeah, to catch up on. Now's the time to do it, right? Uh, so, he, he yeah. so, Chef, you don't know, he's out in Cali. And, you know, I've been, they probably been celebrating all week. Uh, you see, we didn't wait for no, for no, we had yeah. to wait for all of that, that, you know, the parade. We did that all that night. Oh, yeah, that was going to happen regardless. All 20,000 non social distancing fanning <laughs> around Staples Center. The resurgence of COVID happened right there. But, uh, I saw a few masks out there. Few. So few. is is this where we stop doubting LeBron? Is is can he can he finally be in the in the goat conversation, or is it still is this an asterisk season still? I think in general, the people that want to hate on him are always going to hate on him. It doesn't matter. Like he, there's no accomplishments that he can do. He could take, he could lead a team 82 and 0. They can go undefeated in the playoffs, and people will find a way to, you know, knock the man down. And the people that are the fans of his, you know, they don't need any more convincing. So, I think that he's in one of those positions where I think it's kind of similar to Kobe. Like there was a lot of people that didn't necessarily they respected Kobe when he was playing, but it wasn't until he was retired that people really started coming around. Um, and I think that 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 is just kind of how sports go. Right. And I think that uh, LeBron is a polarizing figure with the comparison since he was like, what, 16 years old. So I think that there's going to be people who are going to try to make a rational argument for it. And then there's always going to be people on either side that, you know, they can't be convinced one way or the other. Right. 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 Um, shout out to everybody watching on Facebook. Um, we got a few folks on Facebook watching tonight, so um, let's let's dive into. It. We can talk sports all all the way through, but uh, as we continue our Black Business series, we got a uh, I guess Darren Chef Sheffield in the house. Uh, uh, we've been trying to get Chef on for for a few weeks now, so he's here. Uh, so the first thing I'm gonna do because I don't know where to start, I'm gonna say, tell us. All the businesses you have, and we're gonna go from there. <laughs> All right. So, um, so, so Madar is so from an entertainment standpoint, uh, Madar started an entertainment company, Madar International, and um, like in 2005. So, uh, and and just smaller businesses or, or different businesses, not smaller, to you know, kind of branched off under that Madar brand. So. Uh, we have Madar Studios. That's in Hinesville. Um, uh, it's a recording and photography studio. We also have a, have a car lot, Madar Motors, and everything's Madar. So, <laughs> in West Virginia, uh, also have a. Um, we're opening up a uh, hookah lounge in Marietta, Georgia, and outside of Atlanta, and a recording studio there. Um, in Maryland, we're opening up a soul food restaurant. So the hookah lounge, the soul food restaurant, and the studio in Atlanta will be opening up. 
the first of uh, around January, February 2021. You know, so it's, it's a lot of stuff. You know, I know your father <laughs> owned a construction company, uh, uh, commercial cleaning business. And I still, I, I still, I'm looking for more things to do. I still don't feel like I'm doing enough. Wow. <laughs> so, okay. So what's yeah. your, what's your main focus? And like right now, what would, during the pan, so during the pandemic, what has been your primary focus? For being a business owner. Uh, Survive. <laughs> you know, um, my car lot had just opened up. We had just opened up last December. So the, you know, you can imagine what the pandemic did from a, a car sales standpoint. But um, and then my business partner passed. Uh, he's the older mm, brother. Passed because of Corona in two thousand. I mean, like in right in March. Wow. So, um, but the blessing was I have a, a mechanic shop out there too on the lot. So uh, the mechanic shop was considered an essential business. Um, so actually, you know, when about it, I was just talking about this. Um, one thing, well, one of the big things that helped through that through this pandemic is like I have a I have a great team and I have great business partners. Like people always ask me, um, how you you know what, how you do how you manage it how you do so much, but I, I don't do so much actually. I have great business partners, and and I partner up with people that want to do that thing. Like you know, I partnered up. Like, like take the soul food restaurant. I will partner up with somebody that that's their passion because Mada stands for making individual dreams a reality. See what I'm saying? So I partner up with them and we're building this brand. Uh, the record status Mada Entertainment Group. You know, I have a couple of great business partners over there. Shout out to James in Detroit and Harold in Washington, D.C. I got to give them shout outs because I never hear hey, the end of it. Thing, man. You know, and yeah. Oh, and and even from the standpoint, like um, uh, you know, when Mada started, I had a recording studio in down by Howard University and had some space below it, and a clothing line. It just made sense. We was giving out shirts anyway, right? And that kind of took off. You know, from that clothing line was birthed another clothing line called Wybrag. Shout out to J Rod. He's on here. <laughs> so you see what I'm saying? It's like certain. Like business, people people who are part of Madai in the beginning birthed their passions through um, from from that nucleus, you know. So we got Wild Brag. That's a that's an example of that. Uh, the Method Sports Apparel. That's my, my business partner Justin. That's a uh, an example of that, you know. So that was the whole Madai concept was starting with music. You know, I was taking my experience from music back in the day, and I wanted to. Um, just teach young artists what the music industry is really about. That's what we had to have another podcast about that. <laughs> and <laughs> so, so that was the whole concept that if you're if you're serious about if you have a passion, you have a dream, and you're serious and you're committed about it, and it's positive, you have a team in Madad that we could we could help you make that happen. Mm -hmm. So. Oh. The, so the venture that you um, have gone into, were they, were, was it more of someone's coming to you with a passion or is it something that you were kind of interested in and found, identify people that you thought you could work with? Both. So you see what I'm saying? So like that, the hookah lounge in Atlanta, 
um, um, that, that was an example of, I, you know, I came across a, lo a spot. Um, um, I got a shout out Mark, Mike Fodd, that's my, my dude in Atlanta. So he had this location and I was like, damn, this is a perfect spot in Marietta, right by Kennesaw State on a major street cop parkway, right? That we, Madar, the name Madar could be seen even more. And the studio sits right behind it. So if you can imagine a strip mall, the lounge is in the front, it's a private entrance to the back with the studio. I mean, what better, what better situation from an entertainment company to have but a hookah lounge <laughs> and a recording studio attached to it? You get what I'm saying? So, so when I saw that vision, um, then I'm starting to think about, damn, who would be a good person or people to do that with me? Right? You see what I'm saying? So that's how my business partner, um, I presented it to my business partner up here, Justin Allen. He, we had a studio together. I said, man, look at this. This would be a dope situation. He saw it. He liked it. We brought in another partner. That's how the lounge started. You get what I'm saying? So, mm -hmm. uh, yeah. Why brag? The clothing on Why brag was a little different because J-Rod actually uh, wanted, J-Rod wanted to, be, it's a long story with that, but he wanted to do something with the Madar clothing line back then. But I already had somebody else doing that, right? Mm -hmm. So he just kind of, that, that, that lit a fire in him. He, he learned some things. He watched it. He watched it. He watched it. Now he started a wild brag. And then he brought that back to me like, um, yo, I need you in this. Can we do this together? I was like, of course. That's like the little, that's like the brother, the sibling to yeah. Madai. You get what I mean? So different situations. Nice. Mm -hmm. uh, on Facebook, we got a comment from uh, Grayson. Shout out to Grayson from uh, the OT Show. Uh, you catch them on Fridays at noon, lunch with the OT Show. Grayson says, um, I need to release my gospel album, WAP, Worship and Praise. Can you help me? Yeah, sure. I mean, definitely. What is it called? What? Worship and Praise? <laughs> WAP. WAP. W-A-P. Yeah, let's go. <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> Guardian Med would slap him so quick. Oh my gosh. So Grayson is, uh, again, he's a co host of the OT show um, on Fridays. He, he, he's a funny dude. Um, so let's, let's talk. Uh, how long have you been into music? Oh man. Um, long time. Probably since uh, I probably got really serious on the independent. From an independent standpoint, and maybe '94, something like that, uh, I put together a singing group. Uh, 99%, all of us was from the DMV, and um, we had put uh, an independent album together. And this album did well, mostly down south and some overseas. And we was able to uh, land a tour with Boys the Men. So that's when, that's when it, I transitioned to to feeling like I was doing it. For, like it was a hobby, it's, it's exciting, this is passionate to understanding that it was a business. It's a hope, you know, there's a reason why it's called the music business, mm -hmm. right? So, yeah, so we just during just, those times, did y'all you know, do most of the production? Yeah, actually, we had uh, we have partnered up. Um, like one thing I learned about business period is that you have to have a team, like you have to partner up 
with people that are that are just great at what they do. So at that time, I partnered up with a guy named Jinx Morton. Uh, actually, his father is Jinx Morton Senior. He trained Sugar Ray Leonard back in the day, right? Mm. So, which was a good partner because not only as a producer, not only was he a great producer, but through the connections with his father, we was able to do a lot of national anthem for major fights, you know. So he was the producer, we was the singing group, was writing songs. And uh, the first songs we got on the radio was a song we did. I don't, do y'all remember the last squad back in the day, Pooch and Feast? Oh, yeah, mm-hmm. 19.9, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so we did a song. We was recording some stuff, with, um, some little drops for commercial drops in the studio for them mm. and end up doing a song with them. And that was the, it was the first one to like play something that I was um, and sneak it in rotation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I raised the call to the roll the call. The roll, yeah. Huh? What was the name of the group? Ninety nine percent. Name of the group was ninety nine percent. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we did. We. Hmm. Four man singing group. We were dope too. So from <laughs> so from having the group, you know, doing that kind of independent thing. Where did you did you go further into like management or away from being an artist or like how did you progress in that? Yeah, that whole time doing that whole time we were with the group, we were kind of self-managed. And and I started the group. So, you know, of course, um, it was like my baby. So I took on a lot of the responsibility of, right. you know, the networking, learning about the contracts and going to meetings. So um yeah, I really you know, even with even with Madonna Entertainment Group, the record label, um my 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 role in that is I kind of oversee the artist development part, anything dealing with the creativity part, because I love that. But I have a serious passion when it comes to the business side. Like we have artists all the time that we talk to. We have a few artists we manage. Um, we have some great relationships with some artists. Um, Loki, the producer, um, on the, he's from the area. He's down in Atlanta now, but he did a. Um, he's a part of that song Cardi B had that I like his song. Dope yeah. producer. So, in order to connect with people like that and the and and to in the industry, you have to learn the business part of it. Yeah. What one question I got for or, you like now is. Or if you're an artist, make sure you're smart enough to get a team around you that's, um, you know, well-versed when it comes to the music business. So, like, given, like, like disregarding the pandemic for a second, like, what is the business of music now? Is it more, mostly performances, you know, or because it, it feels like streaming has really kind of sucked a lot of money out of recording part of it. You know, is it, is it licensing? Yeah. Like, what, what are some of the... What's the business at as far as music goes? You said taking the pandemic, pu- pushing that aside. Yeah, it's, it's put 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 the pandemic aside. You know, I know everybody's at home right now, but mm-hmm. well, it's definitely getting to it's definitely uh, getting to the point where you could do shows like that. You know, them shows is what what pays the artists a lot of money. Um, streaming does too. You know what I mean? If you have a good situation and uh a good distribution setup you can make a lot of money with streaming but that streaming is going to get you to the point where you could really 
you know, launch yourself into that show world where you can make a lot of money. Travis Scott made a lot of money doing shows. I'm seeing a lot of artists now like put maybe one or two songs on streaming and then selling the rest of it direct to consumer as a way to, you know what I mean, kind of balance out what they might lose on, you know, putting all their music out on streaming. But it's I know it's a it's a certain artists can get away with it. An artist can you know? Do you think that? Yeah, yeah well, uh, the thing like music is always evolving. Like you always gotta be learning in this industry. You know what I mean? Um, like, like, like we have a situation now with um, y'all know um, Trey Songs just uh, dropped his um, some you know his album right. <laughs> So one of the one of the producers we have a great relationship with Renzi. He did that song with Ty Dollar. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So even even in that situation, being so close to that situation, I'm watching uh, and learning strategies that Trey Trey Song's camp is taking to you know just maximize what's going on right now and launching that and you know dropping his music during this pandemic. So yeah. Do you think it's easier to maneuver through the music industry now than it was, say, 10, 15 years ago? Um, a, a lot of people probably would disagree with me, but I think it's more challenging now because everybody has access to being able to drop it. You know what I'm saying? So <clears throat> it reminds, so back in the day, you could network yourself to a plug you know, uh, go to parties, meet Puffy's man. As long as you had some good music, you might get, you know, get heard. Right? Um, now, I think it's harder because anybody could drop something anytime. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. The average artist drops something right now. Okay, Trey Songs, as an example, just dropped that. You know how many people going to listen to that. You know the pool he has. Another R&B artist could drop there at the same time, but can they really compete with that? Right. Yeah. And and then people and then they, they drop it so much. I got artists that shit, I'm just I'm just realizing they dropped the video, you know. <laughs> yeah. You gotta this drop a lot of content are, just to remain relevant. Yeah, I'm like, what was the marketing plan? Did you have any kind of like, you just dropping shit? I mean, excuse my expression, <laughs> but yeah. A lot of them hoping it that just hits on TikTok, and then and then right, that's right. how they're gonna get their streams up, you know. Do you think there's a longevity in the music game? Are we are we past like the the Stevie Wonders, the the Beyonces? Are we are we all about the here and now? Let's let's get let's get paid up front with all these like streams like as, as Superfly said, and then after that, when my time is up, my time is up. Like, are we is that the era we're kind of we're kind of living in? Yeah, what I'm noticing now, I, I think so in a sense. But I think what I'm noticing is that the serious artists that we deal with, uh, for instance, we have an artist uh, we've been working with for years, Ryan Javon, right? Really, remember that name. But Ryan really is focusing on the writing side too, because he understands that, you know, being the artist in front of the camera is not necessarily a long-term goal, but you can write uh, songs and make 
forever with that, right? So I think some I think some some artists that are um you know just smart they're they're trying to move into the world of of writing and publishing deals and stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. That was I a good question though. Caught up in the now though. I mean look so um Fleetwood Mac, right? Like that that song's been out mm-hmm. for forty some years and now it's the hottest thing. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? In the last two weeks. <laughs> right. So you never know when things are gonna either come back or when they're gonna hit, you know. The, the biggest problem is that the, uh, the 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 new the new wave doesn't really have um patience either. Right. True. You know what I mean? Everything's French. Everything's everything and they just don't have patience. They just they feel like they're getting older. They want to put they they you know they see somebody else drop some and they don't realize that you know everything has a backstory. You know, like the industry is good and making people think that they're overnight successes when they really are not. Like people that look like overnight success, they'll make up a story just because it's a feel-good story. But there was somebody that put a lot of money and you know committed a lot of time to getting them to the point where they finally pop. Look at Lizzo. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah, she, she, she did a show. She would do a show in your basement, like, you know, and she just built on that until finally she became who, who she is today. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I got one for you to kind of pivot off of the, the, the music part of it is, is it, what I'm hearing your story, bro, is, is you kind of like the the, the, the Pia, you know that that area, the DMV, right? You got a lot of, you got your hand in a lot of lot of places, and and trying to expand that, you know, um, what was that always the the intention was to dive in whatever industry that you can get your foot in, or, or you know, was it just like they started coming to you and you was just like, how can I not? Yeah, I, th- I think God blesses me with a lot of opportunity, and 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 God blesses me like um I do a lot of reading. Like I've always done a lot of reading. You know, I always want to know. You know, you ever heard people say success leaves clues? Hmm. Yeah. So I read about successful people. I want to be around successful people. This is why that man's uh, father is my mentor. You get what I'm saying? Because because I, I want to learn from him. So, so what happens in um, surrounding myself around people, I'm always trying to get around somebody smarter than me that has done it, seeing what they do, learning how they do it. Opportunity just seems to come, you know? Mm-hmm. So in the beginning, it was like, okay, I really wanted to do this music thing. How was going, how was that? And I learned quickly that it costs a lot of money to do it at the level I wanted to do it. So how was I going to get this money and not end up going to jail, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, well, you know, owning a why not own a construction company? So, I put a, so then I went through a electrical, in a, in, you know, uh, apprentice program for two years. Went to the studio and uh, with the sole purpose of having some kind of trade to be able to own an electrical company to be able to make the most money I can make to dump back into the music, right? So just like having connections in my mind, always being open to opportunity, open to opportunity, uh, stuff just fall there. And if it makes sense that it's going to 
um, build my brand. Shit. Hey, look, why not have a soul food <laughs> restaurant and a hookah lounge? And a, you know, right. I'll open up a bowling alley if it makes sense. Right. <laughs> and, and then, and hookah, and let, me, let me share my I want to look. I want to say one more thing. And and then what happens was my my initial team, my nucleus that that was there with me from the beginning of Madame. Then I started thinking to myself, damn, these people have dedicated a lot of their time. Like you can't get the time back, right? What what better way to be able to give back but to have to be able to open up businesses with people that saw the vision in the beginning? Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, and help them with their legacy and their dreams. So yeah. Well, how do you manage your time? I so, know you. you so I do have a team. I want you to walk away. Walk away with this one about me. I will. I won't do business with somebody that I feel like do not believe, understand, and love the Madar. What Madar is about, you know. Madar started as a music company, and it's ending up more like a lifestyle brand. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Superfly. How how do you manage your time? I know that you have you know partners that you work with and people that you you lean on, but like, what are some of the um, best best practices that you use as far as trying to manage your time? You mean like on the daily with my businesses? Yeah. Yeah, I'm real structured. I get up. I try to get up. You know, I get up pretty early you know what i mean um and i feel like i feel like if i get up super early i'm kind of ahead of the game right mm-hmm. i, I, I want to get up early than my business partners and call them and bug them <laughs> right so yeah. i try to map out my day based on like what's going on like for instance um i know my car line in west virginia um we have a couple of cars we that the customers coming to get tomorrow, I have to sign some paperwork, right? I don't have a business partner in place that I feel comfortable signing that paperwork yet, right? Mm-hmm. So I know by 12, to be in West Virginia to sign that paperwork. So the, so the first part of my day, I'm going to go to the gym early as I can, and I try to do things to promote. You know, and, and then it goes back to finding the right business partner. Like my business partner with my construction company, he loves being out there. He loves this boy. He loves wearing dirty jeans and carrying tools. I don't want to do that. <laughs> I want to talk to the customer. You know what I'm saying? And and deal with the invoice. So I can do that from home. <laughs> so I try to put you know, I try to do business with people work off their strong points they work off my strong points and i'm able to get through my day easily yeah so what goes mm-hmm. into how do you how do you stock a car lot like what goes into owning a, a car dealership money <laughs> <laughs> i can tell you that so so that's another good example of i just i have built a good relationship the guy his name is ben he passed he's an iranian brother he's about a, 68 years old, right? Well, me and Ben was friends for 20 years. His family owns car lots through Maryland and Virginia. So anytime I wanted a car, I would go to him. This was my friend. Anytime I knew somebody that wanted the car, I'm going to bring him, you know, have a relationship with him. I'm going to bring him to him. 
And just one day out the blue, man, he uh, uh, about a year and a half ago, he called me. He was like, man, come meet me out West Virginia. I just got out the hospital. He was always sick, always sick and always smoking a cigarette. Go figure, right? So I go out West Virginia. He's standing on a lot. I said, oh, man, I hug him. Congratulations. This is your new spot. I'm going to make sure I bring some people out here. He said, no, this is our new spot. And he told me, he said, you've been my friend for 20 years. I trust you. I feel like you would do great in this business. And most people, you know, he was talking about his family, won't share this kind of information with you. Let's do it. I'm willing to share the information with you. So even though it cost money, because he had been in the industry so long, he was able to show me how to save. Like, you know, I say money because of his relationships and what he was willing to teach me so i don't think i answered the question but you get the point <laughs> i got no, i get it, I get it. <laughs> chef where is the where did the drive come from like from the early age and everything like where where did it where did it all start um i i mean since i was young you know my mom's a pastor and she's um I don't know. I, I I got a. I think I owed a lot to her how she raised me. You know what I mean? Um, she she had reminded me that, and I think I've always been an entrepreneur. I've always wanted to make my, my own money. I can remember my grandmother saying, "You know, it's nothing like having your own. It's nothing like having your own." So even when I was young, maybe eight years old, when everybody was playing electric football, remember the electric football sets, the little vibrate thing, mm -hmm. right? Um, back then I had put a league together in our, in our, in our neighborhood and I was writing up weekly little, you know, like news clipping reports on a piece of paper and selling them to, for 25 cents. There we go. Nice. You know what I'm saying? So even, and my mother pushed that. She was like, get that money. You know what I mean? So even at that. <laughs> Even at that age, I th it, that's just something I think has just been in me. I think it's the way my mother was. My my father is a go getter like that, and it just you know, it's just really who I am. Like I I'm I I can't even imagine. And then when I get around su super successful people, you know, I've been I was, I've been blessed to meet one bona fide billionaire in my lifetime, right? And this person definitely was not just doing one thing <laughs> right and i right. always open for the next thing you get what i'm saying mm -hmm. so success leaves clues man hey <laughs> sorry about young Vincent frank <laughs> so, uh, um so who are some of the people you may have worked with in this music industry that we may have heard of oh man uh <laughs> Uh, R. Kelly. I mean, I got it. I know it's a whole. That's a whole conversation. But I was in the studio with this man three days and three nights with no sleep. And I would say he, if he is one of the most committed, talented person people I've ever been around. And even when when I left after them three days, it was like he was just waking up. You know what I mean? I sat in the studio with him, um, and this just doing the ninety nine percent days and. Uh, I think it was that album, 12 Play, one of those albums. And he was picking songs for the album. And every song we listened to, I was like, that's the one. He said, nope. I have to go through 10 more songs. That's it. Like, all of the songs were great. But he knew. You know, he had the vision. He knew what he was, you know, putting together. So I've worked with him. Um, um, 
what's the uh, SWV back in the day, Boys the Men. Uh, yeah, I remember the group Next. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, them. Uh, more modern times. More modern times. We got some stuff going on uh, because of our relationship with Low Key. We have a uh, friend and management type of situation with him. Uh, we got some stuff down the pipe, hopefully, uh, with Jeremiah and Jack Hollow and so- Solo Lucci. I actually got a meeting with him in Atlanta on uh, on 24th. So, I mean, it's just, I mean, it's a lot of people. <laughs> yeah, a lot of people. We got another producer. I'm going to shout him out. His name is Boog. He just, uh, he about to get placement with Atlantic Records. I mean, we just, I, I just, be, I mean, God has just blessed me to be around some super talented, committed, you know, people. Nice. That's fire. Yeah. You have any one thing in particular that sticks out in your mind was just developing any one of these businesses? Like, is there one experience that you may have come across that you look back and be like, you know, I will always remember that, you know, whether it's opening the business, whether it's good good business or bad business, is there anything that just you always remember about businesses? Yeah, yeah, that's a good question. One one thing uh, I was just talking about this with uh, J Rod earlier uh, today is that um, one thing that I one of the things that I kind of I don't want to use the word regret, but I learned from was when the economy went bad around it was it nine right. I ended up close. I had a full service hair salon and barbershop for like eighteen years during that time, and my construction company was was hurting because nobody was doing that, but this barbershop was still moving. People was, instead of getting their hair cut once a week, they was coming in twice a week, right? But I ended up closing down my studio and my clothing store because in my mind, I was thinking, oh, I'm going to be able to get another location when this passes, but I should have never done that. I had a great location and I learned from that. You know, you just got to stick it out and go through the hard times. You know, the people who win during bad times like this are people who hung in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that that would be my my biggest thing to say to anybody is when it's when it seems like it's getting tough, you know, that's a temporary thing. Just hang in there, just keep it moving. Especially if it's something you believe in. Yeah, no doubt. And then, you know, and then then you got to, you know, you grow and learn. Like I might have been a little arrogant at the time. I might have been thinking, shit, I'm going to let this pass and open up something else. <laughs> it took me about mm-hmm. six, seven years to get another studio. <laughs> well, you know what I'm saying? I should have just. <laughs> yeah. Can you talk oh, a little bit about mm-hmm. uh, scaling? Like how to, because in all these businesses, you had to start at, as a seed, right? And then kind of grow out. When you identify, like, what are you looking for in terms of, like, okay, now I need, I'm ready to scale this up to something bigger. Good question. Like, give me one of the what what business, like, so. Maybe the car dealership, you know, like going from maybe selling, you know, five cars to uh, you know twenty five. Right. So I know with my car dealership. I'm going to, I want to, so I have Madal Motors pre-owned vehicles, LLC, right? I also want to do a luxury car lot eventually that's going to be 
Madal Luxury Motors, right? So, but I don't have like, uh, maybe you should come work for me and help me do this because I don't have like a set number in mind. You know what I'm saying? Like, okay, mm -hmm. I sold, I sell 20 cars a month right now. It's more so it's just going to feel right for me. It's like mm -hmm. everything will line up, right? It's going to feel right. And then somebody going to call me and be like, man, I got this dope location you might want to come look at. I remember you said two years ago, bop, 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 right? And I'm going to feel like, mm -hmm. okay, this is God putting things in order. And then I just yeah. take advantage of it. Yeah. yeah. So, so I don't, it's not really, I don't have like a formula like that. It's just more of a, when it feels right, I just kind of move with that feeling. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, it does. It does. It's something that I honestly, even as a DA, something I struggle with on whether to continue working gigs myself or taking on other DJs and then just going out and trying to win clients and then feed the business out. Versus the the problem with it is that you don't know if you're gonna have the same quality that you might put into something versus allowing somebody else to do it. You know. And it's just something that I struggle with, like how yeah. to figuring out how to scale them up. Yeah, but you'll get past that. You know what I'm saying? Right. Just grinding. I, I learned too. I, I learned too a lot of times, even when people come to me with opposition about like why you do so much. I learned that the that the basis of that conversation and the basis of how they looking at that a lot of times is fear. You see what I'm saying? It's like that whole fear that you are not going to do it, that it's not going to work, you know. And I'm kind of mm -hmm. past that. If I have a fear of something, it's more of a fear of not doing it, mm. and it could have worked. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You get what I'm saying? So that's what life yeah. is. Life is a journey. You jump out there. If you're passionate about it, you give it 110% and keep going and keep going. And things things work out. You just gotta believe it, you mm -hmm. know. Mm -hmm. so. so is is Madar Studios is that, that open to anyone? Uh, anybody wants to come record, um, or is it like invite only kind of thing? Yeah, Madar Studios is definitely open to the it's open to the public um, for sure. So anybody wants to come, you know, we do tours a lot. If I'm in town, I try to be there on Saturdays. Um, that's what I do a lot of my town. I was down Highsville. But yes, we are open now in Atlanta. It's going to be a little different. It's going to be, we're going to cater more to artists that have a budget. It's going to be, you're going to have to be invited. It's going to be a private, more private situation in Atlanta. That makes sense given the you want, uh, you want, music down there anyways. Yeah, that's a that's a, yeah, people down there they 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 like that. You know, Atlanta could be bougie, they they fly fast. <laughs> so, They'll so, pay that money for that privacy in it. <laughs> I got a question. Um why do you think it is that DC artists never really take off? Like why can't we establish uh, the music scene in DC, we have to go to Atlanta, we have to go to Cali, we have to go to, it was New York at one point, like, why can't we boom it from here? I knew I knew somebody, I was waiting for that question. We talk about this <laughs> constantly. 
But this is the problem. A lot of people might hate on me on this. In DC, I'm 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 a native Washingtonian, right? I've only lived in Maryland five years of my entire life. All I grew up on around Georgia and Kennedy. Went to Archbishop John Carroll High School. Always, I am a DC dude, right? I got a go-go T-shirt I started to wear, but <laughs> so <laughs> the problem with you know DC, we was talking about this even in Atlanta. They, they were saying how um, DC is kind of known for music executives, right? It's a lot of music. It's a lot of people that are music executives in, in major labels that have come out of DC. The reason why, from a music standpoint, uh, artists don't get together, I, I don't. I don't get it. We are like the only place that I go to where the artists don't work together. Mm-hmm. You, you get what I'm saying? So, 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 for instance, you could go down to Atlanta, and it could be, you know, so and so's artist over here, and so and so's out there on another side of the town. Of town, they cannot like each other. But for the sake of that music, them OGs gonna step in and be like, "Oh, you're gonna like yourself, like each other enough to make this, make this hit." You get what I mean? Mm-hmm. We don't really have that type of um, that structural foundation in DC, and it's sad to say we were more together. And 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 this is why back in the day, DC people knew knew DC as a drug town, and we was making all that money. <laughs> you know what I mean? But back in the '80s, even with the murders. There was like a nucleus, like people worked together for a higher purpose. It's just a higher purpose was a decadent person, you know, when it came to drugs. Mm-hmm. But but everywhere else you go, New York with the boroughs, Florida, Atlanta, they really get together and they will collab to make good music because they understand that, you know, you know, they're stronger together. Like they represent Atlanta. Mm-hmm. It's like in DC. It's like it's like it's like back in the day in the '80s. We thought big from a criminal standpoint. Your father gonna hate that I'm talking about this, right? <laughs> <laughs> but it's like from a music standpoint, we think more our neighborhood. Mm-hmm. You get what I'm saying? And we never really come together. Like there's not that one artist. That could pull everybody together. That one executive that pulls everybody together to make one movement. Because how big are we? Like we should be able to easily come together and make a serious impact. Because we got some of the most talented people in the, in the world in this in this area. But yeah. we just have not, for some reason, we just have not been able to. You know, DC is a very individualistic city. Everybody want to do things their way and their own way. Right, right. Yeah. Even, even right. me as an executive, me as an executive, I have to make my impact for my company, my musical impact somewhere else. Yeah. Right. And then I try to bring that resource back here. And I could catch the artist's ear for a minute, but they still want to do it their own way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if we ever pass that, if we ever come together, like three, if if three major entertainment companies in DC come together and back one artist, 
just to get that artist out there and make an impact, you're going to start seeing that eventually change, you know. Every every two, three years, I hear, um, um, you know, executives from major labels saying, we looking for, we looking for something in D.C. We looking to, you know, it's artists there. We looking for them. We look, you know, they know it's something here, but we just do not, we cannot establish that that come together kind of foundation. I mean, since we on DC, we just had um, Snoopy on the record with, with Red Essence and Stevie Wonder put out a go-go record this week as yeah. well. Yeah. Stevie put out you a go-go record? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. I think the tide is kind of changing a little bit, but I, I, yeah. I completely agree with you. Like, there's no infrastructure here to to grow an industry. Yeah. You know? yeah. But I, I think when you first back to the OG comment, right? Huh? I think it goes back to the chef's OG comment, right? Back with, you know, having that connection. Uh, the way I parallel it out here is, you know, I, I'll report for the West. You know, you got all the L.A. cats, you know, uh, if you go back to the N.W.A., right, it wasn't, it was, it was everything that was local, right? It was, it was Compton or, you know, and then it was finally, everybody forgot, Red came from somewhere else, you know, Texas, the whole nine, you know, so they had to bring in that outside mm -hmm. element. Uh, to this day, though, which is, which is funny because you guys are about D.C. and how close you guys are. For us, there's no real connection between us and the Bay Area. The Bay Area does not, just for whatever reason, they do not mess with L.A. And the only way, if you think about it, if you listen to the music with uh, 40 and Pac was because they were OGs. They were trying to show us how you can still make mm -hmm. money being in the same, same mm -hmm. county, as big as it is, but that, that, that connection to bring it all the way back, right? So YG tried to do it, you know, with, uh, with mm -hmm. uh, uh, you know, easy. But again, I it's funny you say that because what is it that that really is going to take? Is it that OG that's going to have to say, how dumb are you guys to not realize this green that's sitting here waiting for you is got nothing to do with personal, got nothing to do with feelings. It's it's avenue yeah. to get you somewhere else. You know what I mean? For this little quick minute that you can't stand somewhere just because of what they, you know, just they don't live the way that you live or they don't they don't rock the way that you you know you don't. Have to It's a tough one, man. I mean, like I know, I know when I was coming up, man. We, you valued the OG, like you know, anything the OG had to say, you was listening. <laughs> you get what I'm saying? Now is here specifically because I do see a lot of value in different places. Um, they definitely get a lot, give a lot of love to the OGs. Like that was a good point you made. Um, you know, uh, so. I don't, I don't know, bro. Like I preach it all the time. My art is here from me all the time. You know what I'm saying? And I, and I, you know, I know how to respect. They gonna listen. You know, they in my studio. They know, they know I'm doing some things. But for some reason, it still results back to them wanting to. They just feel like they could do it their own way. I, don't, I just, I don't, I don't understand it. They forget that it costs a lot of money. I'll I be real. I'll be real with them. Look, this you need a budget for this. 
You know what I'm saying? And I make them think about it first. Don't think, don't automatically think I'm I'm saying I'm paying for this. I'm telling you what your musical career needs mm-hmm. to compete. You get what I'm saying? What better, what better, what better value do? What, what more can I do but to give them that information, and then show them how to do it if they're serious about doing it. Right. So, From what I've seen, I love this shit. <laughs> From what I've seen, like there, like you said, there has been no particular movement in DC. It's always been individual based. I mean, we have a lot of good singers that come from Eric's uh Marvin Gaye, uh, yeah, Donny Hathaway, Roberta Flack, Tony Braxton, uh, Johnny Gill, Stacey Lattisaw, like, but none of these people created a, a movement and went back and brought somebody else with them, like, you know, to try to build that up. Wale, you know, he, he was sizzling for a while. I mean, and he just kind of, you know, his, his, his jet didn't kind of take off like it should have. And I don't know if that was management or sometimes he got in his own way, but there was never a movement of people coming back to get the next person. Like when you think of DMV, because it's, it's all of them. I mean, Virginia may have Chris Brown took off from Virginia. You had Trey songs, yeah. uh, Neptunes, Timberland, <laughs> all those in Missy, all those are Virginia cast. But I think when you look at DC, Maryland, Virginia, it's, is is I think our town is not necessarily music because the movement has started, but is it it is a sports. I mean, you've got Kevin Durant, you've got a couple guys that just yeah. play um played in the championship. Uh, you know, it's like our town is more so. Yeah, Cook, Queen Cook. It's just like our town yeah. boosts that you know is a sports town. I it's don't know. there for it though. Like you named a, you named a whole list of artists. Artists aren't record labels and companies. You know what I'm saying? There, you need you need executives and people who know how to run the music business here in order to make the business here. You know, and the artists you can't. I mean, Wale knows how to make great music, but you know, or rap. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like he ain't doing anything beyond that yet. I mean, he put together a couple of labels, but it's not. You need people who can run the industry. I think. It's like Teddy Riley down in Virginia Beach, right? Like Virginia Beach didn't necessarily have a scene or anything down there. And he shows up and kind of, mm-hmm. you know, was doing his thing and kind of put it on the map a little bit, obviously with the guys we're, we're talking about with like Timbaland and Missy and all them. But yeah, I think, I think you're right, Superfly. I think it would take, you know, someone with some gravitas, you know, in the area making those music decisions that attract um, that kind of attention. And we, we yeah. never got Gogo to take off either. You know, Chuck was huge oh. for us. Chuck has always been a staple oh, yeah, for us. And yeah. you know, but Gogo never people would take pieces of Gogo with them across the the US, but the you know, the the whole capture of it was never became like a huge thing. I think that one of the biggest things was probably Spike Lee doing the, the butt video at Down and Howard. Yeah, okay. Yeah, but see, okay, speaking about Go-Go, like, what they did down in New Orleans, uh, Cash Money, what was it, Manny Fresh? Mm-hmm. Really, what their, their, their music was to them what Go-Go is to us, right? But what mm-hmm. they did was they infused it. They took parts of that culture, parts of that music, and infused it to make it, you know. Palatable. Exactly. So that's what we kind of that when we do that with with Gogo, that's what's going to happen with Gogo. Like I think the closest thing that I even I, I love the fact 
Shout out to Snoop. <laughs> He's right. gonna be watching y'all someday, right? So the fact that he did that song was great, but I think Gogo has to be more like, you know, like to get it out to the masses, you gotta do more like what Jill Scott did. Remember she had the little the little yeah, go-go undertone it's in her. Love, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So you gotta do more of that. Um it's gonna take a dope, a dope producer that could do with something like what Manny Fresh did with their um music down in Houston and make it so when people are hearing it, they're like, damn, that's different. And they don't even realize that it's really a go-go undertone to that. Then you gotta have a dope. Like I thought Wale was going, you know, y'all mentioned Wale. I thought he was gonna be um, you know, that that artist that just helped knock the door down. And we have a lot of great artists that a lot of we have some shit in DC. We just haven't got it to the point we need to, we just gotta keep working, you know what I'm saying? Like even in Madal, we got a couple of artists, uh this dude Tuka Hendrix, like he's a fire ass artist. But we just got to keep mm-hmm. so so. What I have to do is go here. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? Keep developing <laughs> those connections, and then when I get that distribution deal, somebody like two, we or somebody in we could take and really blow their ass up the right way. Mm-hmm. Because I don't plan on even though I do a lot in Atlanta, you know, and I love Atlanta. My business part, one of my business partners on the label side is out of Detroit. Um, Make no mistake about it, Madai International is a DC DMV based company. Oh. But we can't stay here or we'll be broke. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, like DC culture is absorbed and loved by many. I just don't understand why it never took off. Like, you know, the New Balance is, is it was a DC thing, may not be found in DC, but like that was that's the shoe that's known for DC. Tim's, you know, phones, and then now like when you go across, people say phones, that's a DC thing. New Balance, like, you see those a DC Tim's DC thing. Like it is that big story that that floats around about Jay Z. He was doing a show here one night, and then he went mm-hmm. to an after party of Rare Essence was performing. He heard overnight scenario. Mm-hmm. Went to the studio and recorded the first the the first single off of uh, Volume Three and pretty much ripped their whole hook. Yeah. So they they take it from us. It's just, it's just and I don't get it. So and but, it's the but, but that's capital, because right? yeah, but we should have somebody that's too bad to say. Hold up, Jay Z, you gotta give you gotta. <laughs> You took that. You better at least say where you got it from. You know what I'm saying? Right. But but see, DC and it's sad. But we were so known back in the back in the day. You couldn't even come to the, to DC. Tell your story. You you know you know the uh, remember the rap group MOP. Mm-hmm. Of course. <laughs> yeah, I don't know them. Out of out of <laughs> Brownsville. Yeah. So I was I was in the studio with them up in, up in New York. Up I was in Quad Studio years ago up there, same studio, Tupac got shot in the lobbying, right? Mm-hmm. And they heard, they was like, dude, where you from, right? They thinking I'm down south. I was like, I'm from uh, D.C. They was like, oh, shit, man, give me your number. You can't even go down there without knowing somebody. <laughs> <laughs> See what I'm saying? <laughs> but that right. was respect. Like, you know what I mean? So that we had to figure out a way from a musical standpoint to make that same imp- impact, to make people respect you, like 
you come through, you know, you can't, Jay, you know, you can't, and I, I fuck Jay-Z, I love Jay-Z, you know what I'm saying? But Jay-Z, you can't just come and go to the go-go and take a hook and make millions off of it. <laughs> right, right, exactly, exactly, exactly. Yo, uh, Khalil Huff on Facebook shouting you out. You saying you're doing big things. <laughs> That's my man, Khalil. <laughs> What's up, Khalil? Um, Hey, fellas, do I got any any anything else? We'll be jumping to the next next portion. Actually, I do got one last question. Uh, before we jump, in, plug your stuff for me, and then tell when is this hookah bar? I'm a hookah connoisseur, so I'm I'm waiting for the doors though because I'm, me and my mask gonna be able to be through them double doors, you know, private entry, whatever, you know. You let me know. I'm be there for the grand opening. So that you know, that's in Atlanta, Marietta. Five six eight Car Parkway. Um, we are about halfway through with construction. Like we are, we we. I'm, trust me, I'm more ready to get it open than you. <laughs> so we're looking at like like January, February, 2021. I'm a, y'all all VIP. We're gonna fly my man in from LA and DC. We just gonna enjoy it. Nice, <laughs> nice. Yeah. So we're looking at January, February. Um, the, the restaurant up here, the restaurant in Maryland, it's actually going to be in Frederick, Maryland. It's going to be a, it's a very nice facility. Um, we got a courtyard in the back, you know, on top of some apartments. We're going to gut that out and make that like VIP. So, um, I just got that location in July. So we plan on being, having that open by next May. So nice. I feel like Frederick's coming up too. Like I know a bunch of, a bunch of people. They're moving out that way. There's a lot of stuff being built out that way. So you might be getting in at like the exact right time, you know? Yeah, exactly. And let me tell you something. I'm in, I'm in, I'm in, um, uh, you know, if you know Frederick, we're right in downtown Frederick. Downtown Frederick remind me of Georgetown back in the day. So, so I mean, I, I'm, I'm going to announce it right now. It's, it's two of Like, I'm reopening my clothing store. Right, but it's not going to be more of a. It's not going to be so much of a fashion brand as it's going to be. I'm going to um, promote, you know, DC urban fashion. You know, DC is a, 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 a urban T-shirt kind of town. So you yeah. the Madness Connection stuff out there, shooters out there. We're going to sell the Tims and the New Balance. So that's that. We already found a location. That's like two doors from where the restaurant is. You know, so that that's that's. I'm just gonna keep man. Dubon Tap. That's a brilliant idea though, because the streetwear is coming back yeah. heavy. Yeah. I'll tell you, man. Shoot the sport. Shout out to Shoot the Sport. Shoot That's my shooter. man. He he definitely Yeah, that's my dude. He 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 actually encouraged me. He knew when I had my store open, man. He's been talking to me for two months, man. He like, man, you and Frederick. And get that Madonna store open back up. So we write them, you know, mm -hmm. I, I'm, I plan on signing the lease on Friday. <laughs> nice, yeah. nice. Um, yeah. So plug your information real quick. Where can we find like your social media for everybody watching? Where can we look you up at? Okay, so uh, we, we like IG. We, we do a lot of IG. So you got um, uh, Madonna Entertainment, Madonna E-N-T, M-I-D-A-R-E-N-T. Uh, we also have uh, Madonna International, so more of the studio, um, there you go, the, the studio and uh, artist management kind of falls under Madonna International brand. So it's just what it is, Madonna International. 
And then Madai Motors, you can find our IG is Madai Motors. Everything Madai. Just put in Madai. You're gonna you're gonna be able to connect with us some kind of way. Dope, dope. All right. So we gave you some homework. Uh, we were talking about the first the first portion of your homework. Let me get to the second part. So the first portion is the top top three. Now we're gonna start with your movies because uh, movies are probably a little okay. easier. Uh, so what's your top three movies of all time? So many good ones, you know what I mean? But I'm going to go with, I think Scarface is just one of my top. Like, when that come on, I can't not watch it, right? <laughs> right. So I'm going to go with Scarface. I'm going to go with Goodfellas. As a, and I don't know. I think I'm going to go with that coming to America, man. That joint cracks that's me my, up. That's my Every time. That's me. <laughs> It's a classic thing in that movie, man. Yeah. Scarface and Goodfellas definitely gave you a DC uh heritage away right there. Everybody from DC, yeah, Scarface and Goodfellas. <laughs> Casino. Yeah, Casino, yeah. I might watch it tonight. There you go. <laughs> all right, so let's let's jump into the albums. Top three albums of, of all time. Okay, so when I was thinking about this, like, and again, it's so much, I, you know, I love music. I'm a music connoisseur. So I, it, it, this was tough, but I, I think I was, I kind of go with music that I felt like changed the game in some kind of way. And that's why it was so funny when I heard my man say NWA, because that is definitely one of mine. I can remember, I mean, NWA, changed, they changed the game. I mean, think about what it stands for. They did not give a fuck. <laughs> right. <laughs> that would definitely, and then, and then when I think about NWA, look how many dope, legendary artists came out of that. Right. So that's yeah. one. And then, uh, after a lot of thought and debate, you got to give it to Jay Z. That Reasonable Doubt album was. That was still fire. Fire. Yeah. Oh man, that was yeah. fire. And then my last one, I thought about this a lot too, but I was kind of, I was kind of going with people that feel like some kind of way changed and impact the music industry. And I think when when the Migos came out with that, uh, the Versace song, like everybody started rapping like them after they came out. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. They changed yeah. what people was rapping. So, so I kind, I think those. Yeah, I'm thumb to three. Oh, okay, okay. That was uh, three that we uh, we may have gotten a reasonable doubt before, but it's good. I, I always like mm -hmm. asking that question because it always challenges people. It's hard to come up with three uh, movies are kind of easy, yeah. but it's hard to come up with three albums that have affected your lifetime. You know, so that that's that's that was those were good. And now is it just Z? So. <laughs> So, Chef, this is a point. This is a segment where he is going to challenge us with something that that's just going through his mind. It's something he's thinking. So, I don't know if you're if going to be in a big fist fight tonight or not. So, let's go. All right. Uh, you know, uh, last week we had a segment, uh, Chef, we uh, where I had disclosed that I felt that store bought fried chicken was better than any chain that you can go get your chicken from, whether it's Popeye's, that garbage ass, KFC, 
uh, or wherever else they sell chicken. But I thought that the store bought chicken, which I got a good good amount of people that said the Royal Farms chicken was hitting like that. So to keep in the spirit of the yard bird, right? As the, as the old South movie said, right? The yard bird. All right. Is it just me? But I feel like lemon pepper wings is trash. And the reason why I say that <laughs> is because at no point in time will you get a will you get a consistent amount of lemon and pepper to where you get a good wing. Either that hoe is sour or they just put way too much pepper on there. I'm consistent. I need some some your honey barbecue. Oh, you're not gonna get more honey than barbecue. If you get barbecue, you're not gonna you can't do too much barbecue. You know what I'm saying? You get the, the teriyaki. Teriyaki is all in one. That lemon pepper, though, it just don't be it. It don't. <laughs> you might be on to something, though. Like, I like lemon pepper wings, yes. but your grandmother ain't never made no lemon pepper fried chicken. And it's like lemon pepper wings came out in like 2014, and all of a sudden, that's the only wings we eat. Like that. You might be on to something with that one. <laughs> I mean, I remember when Wingstop came out when they right, were like yes. mostly new, and it was like, "Yo, lemon pepper wings!" And all of a sudden, um, I felt like it was the Sprite of chicken wings. I don't know where where that came from, but yeah, I mean, for me, I normally I'm a I'm a I'm a hot wing kind of guy, so um, like I have to normally someone else is buying the lemon pepper if I'm having any of it. That's normally not like a go to. For me, but I know that there are. I got some friends that they. I hope they're not listening because they might ask for your address. Hey, so, <laughs> hey, so, so I'm on top of the hill in Cali. They only <laughs> I mean, I think lemon pepper is one of those things where it's a carryout staple. Like I've never seen lemon pepper wing on a restaurant, like on a serious restaurant menu. Like it's always comes in a styrofoam kind of container and the, the, the wings I will say so outside of flavoring wings are inconsistent so you don't know if you're gonna get the drumettes or you're gonna get the whole chicken with the, the wing on it um they're okay but yeah like you said they're, they're very inconsistent so I'm with you on that one Jeff where you at with this I agree with him man I can't them lemon pepper wings be nasty as hell <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm good. I'm good on that. I'm good. <laughs> it ain't real seasoning for real, man. Like, <laughs> right. <laughs> right. I mean, that's like a, a steak and cheese egg roll. Like, come on now. It's just, they're making up stuff right, now just, right. just, just for us to eat it. Oh, I'm not right. saying it's not good. I'm just saying it's just carry out delicacy right there. Yeah. <laughs> carry out connoisseurs over here. Right, right, right. right. Okay, okay. So, Chef, this is the part where. We talk about shoes, all shoes, any and everything shoes. As sneakerheads, we need our. 
and so our own segment just you have to separate the shoes from every other business so what we do we do a round robin we'll get to that in a second because we got other business to handle too first about shoes but we do a round robin everybody's gonna present the shoe talk about it something that's either in the collection or something that we want to get in the collection that we just picked up so that it's that kind of thing so All right, so this week's Copper Drop. Uh, so we got the uh, Union LA Air Jordan 4s, the Off Noir colorway. These actually did release initially at the end of August, but they are restocking tomorrow. I think a lot of us are preparing for a sneakers L. Uh, but I think these are interesting because the whole uh, – it's kind of like an age color on the sole and everything, which, you know, I feel like is kind of a new new look. Uh, and Union has done some of the most amazing Jordan collabs, in my personal opinion. Um, the ones that they did a few years ago, both colorways were crazy. So um, I think these are a cop personally, uh, but I don't know how feasible it is. Uh, yeah, I would definitely try to cop those. Those are, those are definitely in the in 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 line for me to get, but I already know I'm gonna I'm gonna take the L already. I already know I'm getting the L, so I'm not really I don't have any hope. But those are dope. Me Superfly. I'm driving. I'm <laughs> <laughs> I get it. they hype whatever, but it's not, that's that's not for me, man. <laughs> right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'm gonna have to pass on those. Probably. Uh... As much as I like that 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 uh that, that number two, um, I I don't know the colorway kind of that, that bottom sole reminds me of like the old people at the nursing homes like, with the you know the, the shoe that kind of looks like the the the, uh, the tone on tone shoe you know what I'm saying like orthopedic I, I just can't get it I, I feel that I appreciate the detail I like how the, the tongue folds down and all that stuff but yeah it's uh. It's another, and they're gonna sell. They're gonna, you can resell for the resale. It's a cop, but right. oh, yeah, for the resale, get... right. chef, what you think? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, they they cool. <laughs> I probably wouldn't <laughs> run together. Okay, Greece. okay, can't go wrong. They cool, <laughs> okay. I got you. Um, so I think it's a me and you, CB. I think we always will try to we'll, we'll try to cop them. I mean, if anyone wants to enter in my shoe size in the sneakers at right, there you go. Put the <laughs> ten and a half. You know, I'll I'll buy them off you if you get them for me. You know how right. it is. Right. All, all right. All so, the I can get. All right. So this the this is we got fourteen, fifteen people watching, which is good. So look, this is this is this is for you. <laughs> Look, we need sneakerheads. We got a dope project in the works. Me and my pops. That's his oh, email yeah. address. Yeah, econahead196 at gmail.com. And like, if you see these test shots we've been taking, uh, we got we got a dope sneaker project in the works. So we, we need sneakerheads, people with Nikes and Jays. This is, this is going to be a Nike and J kind of book right now. But um, 
Email my pops. Let them know you're interested. We got 25 slots just for the, the sneaker project that we're working on. Say less, pops. There you go. <laughs> but um, there you go. So reach out. We're gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna post this all over. But yeah, that's. We hope everybody will reach out to my pops and uh, get part of this project. We got a. We, we got. We got confirmation that the project was gonna be dope by the heir to the throne today, and that's all I'm gonna say. So that's all I'm gonna say. The heir to the throne. So now uh, let's start this this um for the soul segment. Now this is where we we, we feature our sneakers. Who's up first this week, fellas? Chef, we're gonna let you go last because you're the guest of honor. So, well, you you can pick. You want to go first? You want to go last? I go first. You go first. Right, I, I go okay. first. This is a recent comp. Just uh, caught something for the low. So we got. I think CBA yeah, has nice. featured D before. Uh, but the the uh, what are these? The eighty seven. The React eighty seven. React that was eighty sevens. Yeah. Yeah, in the black colorway. I do want to talk to there because Chef talked about the go-go. Surely was going to rock. <laughs> Got this joint go. from uh, Black Alley. So this joint is crazy. I see. Dope. I had a chance to rock it, yeah, but yeah. That's my contribution. Nice, nice. nice. okay. Uh, I'll I, I hit it up next. I go ahead, E. I got the... But for the for the uh, the DMV love, I got the pennies. You dig the heaven sent part two. You dig? Hey, With that glowing star <laughs> bottom. Black nice. With the, yeah, man, you know what? I didn't see a lot of people. Oh, this soul is crazy. Yeah. But uh, these right here, man, like these was like I had to get them. Like I said, the colorway. Um, and then like I said, that glow in the dark hits different. You know what I'm saying? At night with the on the yep. check as well as the bottom. So. Definitely, uh, it's not mm-hmm. I will say that though. This, this shoe ain't coming off. You got to take off and run off from somebody. So. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's a heater that's right there. That's dope. That's yeah. dope. Um, you know they about to release the other pennies. I think the ones that came out right before that with the uh, uh, the white and blue joints uh, with the wavy line on the side. Those getting ready to drop again. Um, I'll go next. Only fitting right. <laughs> It looked like a fresh so, box, too. It looked like a fresh box, but now you know. So these right here. Twos. Twos. They really retro twos. <laughs> and when they when they retro them, I was able to they were the cop. These were definitely on my, nice. my list. I don't know why they don't now retro twos that much, but definitely a clunky shoe, like a boot, but hard to think anybody play basketball in this, but yeah, it's my contribution for the night. When you're the greatest, you can wear whatever, you know. You're right, you're right. CB. <laughs> um, I previewed these. I sent I sent y'all some pics, but this is the box. Y'all know I'm a I'm a Star Wars geek, so when it comes to that stuff, so um they these are the uh Boba Fett top tens. Mm-hmm. Uh, these joints are dope. The all the different details that they have, this little like holster bag. If you can see up close, it's like they replicated the damage that's on like his armor and all that. (laughs) Got the Mandalorian, um, the symbol on the back. Like these ones, because, you know, I tried to rip a 
an insole out of a shoe that didn't want to come out. But like these joints, they got like some Star Wars imagery and stuff on there. Stormtrooper. So um, I missed these when they dropped, but shout out to StockX. I was able to get them for a reasonable price resale. And these were these were a must have for me once uh, once I saw that they uh, were coming out because Star Wars is my shit. Right. <laughs> oh, oh. All right. Now, I, look, I saw what Chef Chef is gonna preview. So, go ahead. All right, I got you know I got a confession to make though, bro. Hey, look, I got three dudes that helped me get these shoes: J. Rod, Charlie P, and Kevin. They go to the store with me and everything because they don't want me walking around looking crazy, right? <laughs> so, J. Rod, teamwork made the dream made work. It. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. yeah. Biohacks. Yeah. yeah. Biohacks. 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 Yeah. Uh, hey, your father warned me. He said, "Hey, them, them boys on that they they ain't they, ain't, they ready, chef. You better come ready." <laughs> <laughs> oh man, what is man? It's been an hour and a half already. So look, look, chef. We appreciate you stopping by. Yes, you yeah, definitely yeah. got a lot, a lot going on. A lot of great things, man. I appreciate it. Hey, man, I got one, I got one thing I got to tell y'all about. Can I tell y'all about one more thing real quick? Yeah, no, go for it. I neglected to tell you, but my man, he was talking about how dope it is in Frederick. Another thing that went in Frederick, opening up a, um, like I told you, I own the full service salon and barbershop. So we're going to open up. Um, we just found a location. Like we like we had on the last stage of signing that. Um, and it's going to be a Madar Beauty Bar. But we're going to, we're going to, we're going to specialize more in natural hair and, um, you know, natural products. Yeah. So I got to shout out Nadia. That's that's my business partner with that. She's going to run that thing. That's dope. <laughs> that's, with the, that's, dope. With that's dope. That's <laughs> dope. You, <laughs> wow. I mean, so this is when we, this is why we did the Black Business Series. I guess you, you never know anybody. You, you can walk past Chef on the street and not know he got a lot going on. And so mm -hmm. this is great that we can bring a spotlight to just, just you know, black businesses, or, you know, the people that, that are doing things out here. You know, this pandemic has been crazy. And it's always good to see that the, you know, your, the wheels are still moving on all your ventures. Um, Pop said you serve. So we want to thank you for your service as well. Thank you very much. Yeah. Um, yeah, no doubt. So, uh, but yeah, fellas, look, great show. We can find us on, just Google us. We're on SoundCloud, Instagram, Google Play, iTunes, Facebook, on Facebook, all that good stuff. Reach out to us. Uh, Chef, plug your, your stuff one more time. Madai Entertainment, Madai ENT, Madai International, and Madai Motors. Yeah, I appreciate y'all, man. This was, this was cool. I don't really get in front of the camera too much like this. But you know, I really, really, really enjoyed this, man. Hey, man, look, we appreciate your time, man. That's one thing we, we thank everybody who's joined us for this because you, you could do, spend your time anywhere else on a Thursday night, a late Thursday night, and we appreciate right. you, though, Chef. Uh, 
So stay on though, because I gotta ask you questions once we get off camera. Stay up, stay on. But yeah. uh that's yeah. it, fellas. Uh we are something else. Peace. And my man, I'm coming to Cal soon. Yeah. <laughs>